0: Information provided on this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. All information, content, and materials available on this podcast are for entertainment purposes only. The views and opinions expressed are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Cultiva Law. Now, without further ado, here are your exquisite Esquires, Mio Asami and Fabiola Jimenez. What up, squad? <laughs> Um, It's back to us, the original OGs. Yes, yes. Bobby and Mio. Um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, the really hot topic of Mexico finally fucking legalizing marijuana. Or, <laughs> like my people like to say it, and also our weekly word or word of the day, mota, um, which is slang for weed. Um, I think it's very, very rare that I've ever heard marijuana. Um <laughs> kind of described as anything else other than mota but again it's just it's slang Spanish um for weeks so you learn something new and tell your kids about it
1: <laughs> um yeah so I mean I think as you can imagine Fabi being Mexican, the token Mexican the token Mexican. <laughs> I mean legit Mexican token Mexican whatever you want to call it <laughs> By being the Mexican um, and also a lawyer, so she has a <laughs> lot of knowledge in this area. Um, so she's—I mean, we're basically going to be learning from her today. It's great. Um, she's going to be dropping some knowledge on all of us. <laughs> yes, one hundred
0: percent. Because my family comes from a long line of farmers. Farmers, um, farmers, kind of farmers. farmers, kind of farmers? Like. Uh, <laughs> just farmers. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, apart from my musical background, which is not worthy of this episode, but um, so, and we're going to be talking about a couple of things today. So we're going to be talking really about just a brief history of um, Mota in Mexico, you know, what it was to what it is now. Um, what does this mean for the cartel control within the land? Um, what could Mota be legalized? What could it really do? for Mexico as a country as a whole, and, you know, what does it also mean for future trade relations among different countries, as obviously Mexico's um, major export is um, marijuana. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that unfolds. So, um, you know, I just want to talk briefly a little bit about Mexico, and I think we all kind of hear this really interesting story that we learned from Narcos on Netflix, you know, like how oh, this is really came to be, and I can't, I can't deny that. I cannot tell you that that's not true. Like, I really, I can't say that. What I can say, though, is that at one point, this really was um, just an agricultural commodity, um, so it was really important to the development of Mexico, um, but...
1: I mean, we're talk, talking, like, pre... Pre-prohibition, right? right? We're talking like before America decided to. Well, I don't know if America did this in Mexico, but America decided to like make it illegal in Japan, and blah blah blah, and right. the rest is history. But um, so I, I take it that we you know, it was a regular commodity back before. Right. I mean, and, and this it's, idea of prohibiting it.
0: Yeah, and I think marijuana went through the same things that any other quote-unquote illicit substance has gone through in America. Um, because if you start off, I mean, I have medicinal purposes. Like, I still talk to my aunts and my uncles and, you know, my grandparents. And they, they can talk about marijuana and, you know, how they used it back in the day when, you know, they were out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Mexico is very rural. So you have these pockets of touristy. Like, you got Cabo, you got Cancun, you got even Mexico City where, um, you know, you can go back. And there's always, like, we call them, we call them fresas, like the city folk. <laughs> that are in town, but when you when you start traveling outside of these uh, tourist destinations, I mean, these people really do live in poverty. I mean, they still live in mud huts and, and sheds made out of their own hands. Like, it's really, it's very, it's very bare, is kind of how I have to say it. So, um, you, using marijuana for medicinal purposes is definitely a very common, uh, a very common occurrence. And so, again back in the day it was it was a, a an item of luxury and now when you start thinking about like mexican weed you're like this shit's whack this is you know a, this is not i don't want to smoke this i don't i don't know what this is it sticks is it oregano i'm not sure <laughs> but you know you have this stigma of like what is now mexican weed um and so i think we have to kind of take that for what it is and hope and pray that Um, you know, marijuana goes back to its former glory in Mexico, um, to what it used to be.
1: I mean, because, I mean, before we, we as in the United States and various individual states started legalizing it, I'm pretty sure, like, we were, like, the biggest buyer. <laughs> I mean, maybe not the biggest, but, like, our country bought a significant amount of Mexican weed. Yeah, like, even, even if it was it, shitty, was, the, it was definitely it was the place to get it. It was the place to get it, definitely.
0: <laughs> and, 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 again, and again, it went through the whole thing of, like... You know, why was it illegal here in America, right? It's just because right. certain people didn't want it to come to, into play. They, they saw the potential, but they couldn't monetize it. Um, right. And so the same thing happened in Mexico. And it's actually kind of interesting because as the government has become more and more involved in the illicit substance trade in Mexico, it actually has caused significant bloodshed. Um, I, I'm not one to say... Like, hey, I support the organized crime or cartels, but I can say, speaking from 100% experience, from seeing it with my own eyes, is that as the government became involved and was trying to cut these cartels off, was trying to, for their own greed, it's not some sort of goodwill or any sort of positive gesture. It was because they were wanting to get cut into this profit um, margin that the cartels were making, but as they got more and more involved and they were trying to... Um, quote, quote, you know, um, fight the the war on drugs in Mexico, Um, they really created anarchy and chaos because um, what you had back in the day with these cartels was that you had these old school, very familial, very um, traditional way of thinking about being in the business. And so you had the head and he had, you know, his sons and his family, and it kind of just kind of trickled down and everyone feared this one. It's like a
1: feudal system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And so and so as a as a government starts cutting off the heads of these cartels, you have these younger generations of these guys and gals that are trying to take their own sliver of power. And now you have these very, very unconventional, uncouth, um, Pretty savage um, of youngsters wielding firearms and smoking crystal meth and and, and moving forward because that's also a big thing in Mexico right now. Is what I heard. Um, so, um, so it's really interesting because. I mean, you kind of have the same tensions here a little bit. It's like for sure, if you take down the mob and the mafia, right? And all of a sudden, you you have these little factions of power that are now fighting amongst each other that don't sure. abide by the mm-hmm. same code of honor or ethics that um, you know the old, the older generations have. So, I think it's going to be really interesting to see as it becomes um, legalized and as we they continue to move forward. We still have a little bit of some time. Um, they're still voting on a couple of things. Um, in Mexico, so it's not fully there yet. It's kind of like what we're dealing with here with um, with with the decriminalization. It's kind of gone, uh, kind of halfway, halfway there. Um, but we definitely should, would hear some more news in mid December
1: on. So it's it's gotten far enough where people are. Literally on the edge of their seats, like, oh shit, this might actually happen. Yeah. But it's not quite there yet. Right, exactly. Which kind of talks about, like, you know, what does this mean
0: for business versus the cartel control? And so I think one of the biggest catalysts for moving this forward was exactly that, was trying to take control out of the cartels and some of these nefarious actors um, in moving marijuana. But you kind of fall back into the thing that happened, you know, in the US and for these different states, right? The people that had the big money mm-hmm. were the ones that were able to jump in and to be right. who has big money right? <laughs> right. So you're almost like in a simple <laughs> kind of fucked up yeah. situation where it's like, I see what you're trying to do. Yeah. But you fucked up, bro. I'm like this is not I mean it's
1: really I mean, the way I see I don't I mean, by all means, Mexico is like an actual fucking country and California's just a state, but but I really so. equated to the same yeah. thing, where it's like, I mean, and and, it, and I also, like, I'm really interested in how they're going to go about doing the actual regulations, because the way California did it is, there's a lot of people with big money, right? There's, you know, there's Hollywood money, there's investor money, there's whatever the fuck else in South Carolina. Yeah. Like, there's so much money in California, but they, the regulations made it so that those people would either be, like, they would either turn away from cannabis because it's so strictly regulated, right. or they just don't, they can't get into it because of whatever else regulations there are about disclosure, about TPI, you know, financial interest holder, all that stuff. Um, so I'm really interested to see how Mexico, even if they do, regulate, you know, they, if they do um, legalize it, then how are they going to go about this regulation so that, you know, one of their arguments, or not arguments, but like one of the reasons is to try and give the business, the control of, you know, this industry back to businesses. But if the, if the businesses themselves are in a cartel, you know, then what do you what <laughs> exactly, do? Exactly, in the face. It's literally like, California yeah. on a giant
0: scale. <laughs> um, 100%. So I think, I think the idea is there, and I think it could be nurtured to get to that point. But unless there's some sort of actual... Authentic, legitimate programs to help like small businesses or small farmers be able to capitalize on this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just going to be another mode for the cartel to you know mon you know to wash their wash their money and move yeah. on, which is kind of
1: because if you then you you think about it too is like even if they do put in those regulations to take the power out of the cartel and give it to the small businesses mm-hmm. and things like that, like you know they're gonna you know they're gonna come in and. The cartel's going to come in <laughs> take either take advantage or find yeah. some way no
0: to matter, get into it. No, know? no matter what, I mean, until the actual system itself is fixed, I mean... It, people that are running lemonade stands have to pay, <laughs> have to pay a fee for right. the cartels. No, I mean, that is not going to stop. And so, like, now you have them, this is an, a, a very easy way for them to get into the business, but it's it's also, if for some reason they just said, no, it's, it's single family owners or, you know, whatever, or however those regs are, to kind of try to take that control away, they're not going to be able to stop the cartel from getting that cut. Right, right. It's just, it's just impossible. It's right. so embedded. Into the culture now that yeah, it's really it's it's foolish to think of that. Yeah. So,
1: um, I mean, it could be like before we move forward, it could be like a you know just a step in the right direction. It
0: is, it, it yeah. is, it totally is. I think one of the biggest hurdles for us in the in the marijuana business is. Simply just getting over that stigma, and as it becomes a social norm, I think people are going to be able to talk about it a little bit more freely. Mexico is very conservative, um, very Catholic, very mm-hmm. Christian, um, more, Catholic, more Catholic than Christian, but, you know, it's, it's just a drug. And so as, again, we normalize it, um, as you would any other substance, um, I think it really will open up some more opportunities, but it is just a step in the right direction. So,
1: um, Baby steps. Literally There's everything errors. in this industry is baby steps. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it comes to actual regulations and things like that, like big changes, is everything's baby steps. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when we start taking topic
0: number three, when we start talking about you know what does this mean as a country as a whole. I mean, it, it, the. The tourism is on like a different level oh of Can like you imagine you all the weed tours?
1: Dang! Hey. Oh, and all the weed tours or tours. whatever, like, like, oh my god, I just keep saying weed tours. <laughs> no, 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 I was no, like, I was like, no. no it's right. <laughs> there's, there's a place in Jalisco,
0: <laughs> Mexico that's called Tequila, and it's important. Huh? Yeah. Really? yeah. Yeah. Every tequila that you yeah. could ever think of. And that's like their gimmick, right? It's Tequila, Jalisco, and that's where you go when you have tequila. There's definitely going to be like marriage, one, yeah, <laughs> marriage, 100%. Time be here because it's just it's so massive. And I mean, again, I mean, that's like,
1: going to be another source of revenue. It, exactly. It's going to be huge.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I think as a country as a whole, I think, again, we're in the step in the right direction. I think this is um, exactly what the country needs. Will it go through years of like filtering as we have in the US? Sure. Um, but I think as a whole, I think that is, is, this is a really great step, and I hope that they take the concerns of the public um, seriously, and they really try to create programs where people can actually go into this business legitimately um, and support them in that way, and I think that's just going to have some really positive impacts for generations to come, now that this is going to be just another, you know, agricultural commodity.
1: And I'm also imagining, like, I mean, because Mexico has such a rich history with it, Mm -hmm. it's within this industry, they could be a leading, you know, enti- or entity they could be a leading country in the entire, like, global industry of weed like yes. it's. I think it'll be huge yeah, yeah, One, 100% it's,
0: you know, you're no longer going to be thinking, like, oh, I'm going to get some stems and taquan, it's like, oh okay. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to taquan, I'm getting some good I'm going to
1: get some flour I'm going to get some flour I'm going to
0: get some much of the
1: shams it's all that sticky
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's exactly
1: what no, and, and I can I mean, they can export it to wherever else is legal. I mean, we're talking, like, global impact. Exactly.
0: Which brings us up to our fourth topic is, like, what does this mean for trade relations in the future? Um, I totally
1: didn't even get it. She did beautiful it beautifully. Everyone was just we to that over. Great, great intro. Media. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um,
0: Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so possible so <laughs> trade relations, I mean, the impact is going to be something so fucking bananas. So now when you think about it, you got Canada, you got us, and then oh, you got yeah. Mexico, oh yeah. my boy. Oh my
1: god! I oh, mean, shit
0: can, can be legit. Yeah. And, and I hope everyone's just happy and high and just eating. <laughs> and oh my God, yeah. I mean, you can't be upset oh, about yeah. that. Awesome. So, yeah, so I think I think the impacts on trade relations is going to be super huge. Because again, you start thinking about like, what does this mean? Okay, so marijuana is not legal. So you know, Colombia still has a cocaine a lot. Yeah, do you? Do you? Um, give us the American one. Give Give us Mexicans the marijuana. I'm not sure what to do with someone like high, people, high coke or meth or whatever, you know, myself, personally. But yes, yeah, so I think this is going to be a really amazing, incredible opportunity um, to ex- further expand the, the relations. And again, it's it's something common that, you know, across generations, across ethnicities, across um, county lines that we can all share in the love of weed. Yeah. And For so sure. I think this is going to be a really incredible, amazing opportunity. Um, so, yeah, so those are our four points on, on the legalization of marijuana. We still have a little bit of ways to go. We'll find out mid-December, and obviously we'll keep you guys posted um, as that comes about. Um, but I don't foresee it not going backwards at this point. It's just now getting some of the fine-tuning in and um, some further approval on a couple of, obviously, some... Um, other issues that the Mexican government has, and kind of the same thing as we do in America—you know, allocating money, allocating funds, figuring out what it actually is going to look like. Because once you kind of get it into play, this is—it's it's a little bit more complicated than just saying, "Hey, we do legal." There's, yeah. there's a lot of other steps that we need to take.
1: Although I'm imagining, though, like if it get if it, you know if they already made this it already made it this far. I'm imagining cartels are already making their adjustments, right? What are already starting yeah. to? we not move of their brains to all right. How can what are we gonna do? We're gonna adapt, and right. can, you know. So I think once it gets this far, I think it's good. Not well, not maybe not good to be hopeful, but it's okay. I think to be hopeful that it will actually, you know, make it all the way
0: through. I think so. I, th- I think so. Again, it's just a matter of time, and you know, and politics in Mexico is a little bit different than than yeah. in the U.S. or any other country, and so you also have to take that for what it is and realize that. Um, you know the, the people are speaking and and this is what we're hoping it to be. Um, I expect a lot of changes to come about for the final order what that's going to look like um, but again as we mentioned earlier it's a it's it's a learning opportunity it's a step in the right direction and so let's just kind of keep it going um, so, I also wanted to kind of end with the strain of choice for this episode. Um, And don't mind me because it's exactly where my family's from, from Acapulco. It's (laughs) called Acapulco Gold. So this is a very rare strain sativa. So if anyone has some, please share. Um, And the strain is said to have originated around Acapulco, Mexico, which if you haven't been, it's absolutely, absolutely stunning. Um, I grew up going to those beaches. Um, it is described as being very colorful with orange hairs resembling gold, green, and brown, and there's plenty of resin on the buds. And from um, these pictures, yes, it's real sticky, um, <laughs> It's real sticky. It's, real sticky. Um, <laughs> it's said to have a sweet fruit flavor um, with a little bit of earthy and spicy tones, very motivating, very, very energizing, um, and it's actually really quite well-known. So. Please, please, please let me know if you find some, because I've been looking for them, and I don't (laughs) want any at all. All Thank you. Thank you. No, nothing is for sale on this episode. Just FYS. Yeah, (laughs) just But yeah, we have job. I'm kidding, i you kidding, I'm
1: kidding, kidding, I am kidding. You say we're <laughs> Don't get me. That wasn't a that wasn't a solicitation. Okay. Not at all. But
0: we do appreciate if you guys have smoked it let us know, <laughs> yeah, let us know. Think, um, yeah, yeah, we'll go by Yeah, you can literally <laughs>
1: let us know either Instagram, Twitter.
0: Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter. You know? Cultiva. So you can follow me on Instagram at Fabi at Cultiva Law. You
1: can follow me, Neo at Cultiva Law. Follow me. us on Facebook, Cultiva Law's Twitter. Um, uh, we have Instagram, obviously, Cultivating Conversations, mm-hmm.
0: um, our main Cultiva page. So we got, yeah, so we got a lot of places you can find us slash stalk us, and we're okay with that. We'll follow you. And right.
1: we got more episodes coming, guys. But yes. We're going to talk about the extension of the 2014 farm bill for hemp, which is huge. Mm-hmm. We got things like Kratom up our sleeve. I mean, we got Delta 8 up our sleeve. We got lots of stuff coming. So, uh, stay tuned. So awesome. All right. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.